welcome to Life on Point. My name is Darren. I'm one of the pastors at Connection Point Church, and with me is lead pastor Chris Bald. Hey, do us a humongous favor. Wherever you're watching this or listening to this, whichever podcast provider you are using, do us a massive solid and give us a five-star rating or leave us a comment or a review. Hey, do us a real big favor. Man, if you're on YouTube, Drop a comment down and let us know some of your questions you want answered. Heck, maybe you got some subject matter we've never covered and you'd like to see it covered. And we would gladly do that for you. Promise, cross our hearts, and hope to die. Christians don't do that, but I just did. (laughs) (laughs) So today, we're going to talk about a subject matter that could go a lot of different ways. But uh, I know we're going to hit it a little bit different. Uh, it's, the matter is worship. Right. And uh, worship, as we know, uh, worship wars are a thing. If you're new to the church or you haven't never been around church much, or if you've been in the same kind of church for a really long time, across most of the world over the last, it's really been longer than this, but it's been really dominant in the last 30, 40 years, that types of worship, worship styles, have been very uh, an argumentative point. People mm-hmm. really can get churches that split uh, people have uh, have made had put have put their foot put drawn li- lines in the sand and have just been really uh, argumentative about it for written. There, there are articles written about it, trying to find the theological positives and negatives about all these different things. And to me, I always found it kind of ironic, to be honest with you, that that we try to somehow or another vilify or or sanctify a certain type of music. Even though, I promise you something. You're gonna, there's going to be a turn in this whole conversation here soon. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, we're going to get this out of the way because I know when he put worship on the title, you guys are expecting some level of conversation about you right. know, haze and lights and music styles and all that. So we'll get this out of the way now. He didn't know I was going to do this, but we're doing it anyways. Because <laughs> I know it's going to. I know when they come on, they're going to go, all sure. right, so you guys are going to talk about music and which sure. kind is the best kind. Well, we will. We well. are. But anyhow, so, but when you think of worship, Pastor Chris, <laughs> What do you, what does any of this, what does any of all this come to mind? How does it come to mind to you? Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it from American Christianity's yep. point of view, they're going to talk about, well, it's the style of worship. It's the music tempo. You know, are you using hymns? Is yep. it contemporary songs? Is it praise and worship? It's all music based. That's 118 decibels, young man. That is too loud. <laughs> yeah, for some people, <laughs> 90 decibels is too loud. But, um it's all uh, it's all music driven. Yep. It's all that fifteen to twenty minute segment in the one hour worship experience that a church does on Sunday mornings, right? And yep. they tie they tie all their worship to that fifteen to twenty minutes, and that's that may be the American Christian view. That is not the biblical view. Oh uh, no, it is not. And so our goal today is, yeah, we'll address. The, the fallacies in our perspective as American Christians when it comes to worship, because our go is not to be the best American Christians or to <laughs> even the best church people. Our go is to be biblicist, to get in line with scripture, understand what scripture teaches about worship. What is the right heart? What's the right perspective? And, and realize that true worship it is much larger than the 15 to 20 minutes of music yep. on a weekend. So and we're going to look at it from a biblical point of view today. And culturally speaking, it's kind of funny whenever I've had somebody talk to me about it before, and they literally use the term, 
um, and or they tried to allude to the fact that we need to worship more like G- as Jesus would have. I'm going. I went. All right. Now I want you to understand something real quick. He was a Jew in the first century, and the Jews they worshipped in a very mantric way, right? right. They repeated a, a a word over and over again, and they would rock back and forth, and they would just repeat the same thing over and over. In fact, I get I guarantee you the people who think they want to get back to the old school way, like what Jesus did, they would consider it pagan, and which is another interesting well, thing. It wouldn't look anything like exactly. the last 70 years it, of American It wouldn't look like right anything. It's and so that. it's interesting because most all music, if it's non, if it was not Jewish in its context, is pagan, by the way, because I get that all the time. It's oh, like right. you're playing pagan worship music because it's modeled <laughs> after rock and roll or whatever, right? Yeah. I'm like, well, all music pagan technically because well there is no godly <laughs> there is music no, no christian music and culturally we'll speaking, talk about that today. yeah culturally speaking i mean yeah the jews didn't do anything like what mm-hmm. we do and you probably would not like what they do yeah it's totally different from us the jews also uh you have to understand their way of learning or worship is all through imagery right right and um they learn through imagery. They worship through imagery. If you read the Psalms, you read Hebraic scripture, they learned and worshiped and saw God through imagery. That's right. Where in our culture, we see everything through sequential facts. Theirs was through imagery. Um, we have to retrain the way we view worship to worship like a Hebrew worships. So if you had to start this whole conversation off with somebody, where <laughs> would you begin well, um, recently studying through the book of Joshua, mm-hmm. uh, I love this passage. This is very convicting for me. Uh, so if you've got a Bible or you want to look this up, look at Joshua chapter 24, yep. verses 14 and 15. This is Joshua speaking to the Hebrew people. They've been 40 years wandering in the wilderness. They're on the brink of going into the land God promised when he delivered them out of slavery to Egypt. Moses is dead. Now Joshua is leading, and Joshua says these words, Therefore, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and truth. Mm. Get rid of the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Worship the Lord. And then he goes into that famous challenge. But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today which you will worship, the gods of your ancestors, who they worship beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're now living. And then he makes his declaration, and this is key, as for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. So both of those verses is given a picture of how the Hebrew, how Joshua is telling the Hebrews, this is how God views worship from us. Mm. And so there's some keys here. If, you, if you're looking through the passage, you'll want to circle and underline these key pieces Here's what he says worship entails. The fear of the Lord. Then he uses the word worship here, which we'll get into, actually means to serve or to obey. Uh, Then he talks about the right perspective, which we'll dive into a little Mm -hmm. bit, I'd say. And that is sincerity and truth. And by the way, when he talks about sincerity, this is why in verse 15 he says you still have free will. And he says, you choose today who you're going to serve. You can choose those other gods, the fake gods, the ancestry gods. But if you're going to serve the Lord, you've got to make a choice to worship him in sincerity with all of your heart and in truth in alignment with Scripture. 
That's what Joshua, in essence, is telling them to do. Fear the Lord, to serve the yep. Lord, and to do it in sincerity with all your heart, and then in fear. And so, you know, think about the ways we express that worship, mm -hmm. right? It's more now than just singing. It is. To fear the Lord, to serve the Lord, to do it with all of our heart, and to do it in alignment with truth is a much bigger picture of worship than hey, I wonder what three songs we're going to sing this Sunday before the preacher comes up. And so as we you unpack the Bible and you look at the uh, expressions of, of, of worship or praise or however you so <laughs> deem it, and, uh, and, and how would you start breaking down some of those, those expressions or those phrases or those words like worship or praise? Well, uh, I think you start off with fear because uh, I think in our culture especially, we have we don't always understand when scripture says fear, fear the lord that's very yeah most of us look at fear as irrational torment yep. or dread that is not the word joshua used in the hebrew the word that joshua uses here in the hebrew literally means fearful respect to hold in awe to hold in reverence to revere or to honor and so uh, worship really let's just get down to where it's really at the foundation of this has nothing to do with singing or music at all. No, you can sing worship songs, Southern gospel songs, hymns, whatever your style is all day long and never worship God. Worship at its basic foundation is a condition of your heart. How do you reverence and honor God? Do you hold him in high esteem? And Joshua is saying we have to hold God at the highest level of respect. We should look at him as a child should look at their father, as we should look at uh, uh, the president of the United States or a police officer or a soldier, someone in authority, a, a principal at the school. I, I love using these life illustrations because in today's society we see a lot of disrespect. Yep. Uh, but here's what Joshua is teaching. God deserves the highest level of respect, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, it all goes to fear. Now, we're going to jump in where you already started taking us down this road, right? <laughs> so Scripture says one of the ways we can express our reverence and our honor to the Lord is through praise, singing, and music. That's right. First um, Chronicles 16, 24, I love this. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all peoples. Mm. For the Lord is great and highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. I love the Bible. <laughs> but the Lord made the heavens. I mean, right there, people says, oh, you can worship any god and get, get to heaven. Or, you know, all gods are the same. The Bible clearly says all the idols of the world are worthless. There's only right. one God yeah. who made the heavens and the earth, and he is to be feared. And other, again, the word there is he is to be revered, right? So there's a declaration. That's praise. That's right. Habakkuk chapter 3 says this, Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. Oh, now we're getting to an idea of celebration. Mm. You mean we can come to worship and enjoy it? Have a spirit of celebration about us? Habakkuk says, I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord my God is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer who enables me to walk on mountain heights. 
Man. Again, there's imagery. So that didn't include looking like a sourpuss at any level, did it? <laughs> no. That was weird. Uh, when people come into corporate worship, if we follow Habakkuk, it should be the most exciting, motivating, expressive group of people on the planet. Yeah, when you're coming together as a collective like that, man. When you come together as a body, individually you should be able to do these things. But, man, when you come together and get that like that energy and that power yeah. that comes from unity, man, yeah. it's it should just Habakkuk be Habakkuk says electric. this is the God who saved us. That's right. Are you going to come before the God who saved you and just go, praise Jesus? You know, no, you're going to come before him with awe and gratitude and worship. Now, listen, this is a little pet peeve. It has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. Uh, great singer. <laughs> wow, he's going to Swifty. I, I am going. <laughs> I, I have a teenage daughter. So anyway, I all right, I get this. I Look at her 2023 tour. Sold out all across the country. It's true. Outdoor football stadiums that hold 100,000 people. And everywhere on social media. And, and granted, incredible artists. So... Props to Taylor Swift and her incredible concert tour. Then think about the average Sunday morning <laughs> and how we respond to the God who created the universe and sent his son to die on the cross and rose from the grave for us. And you want to tell me that we can go to a secular concert and lose our minds in excitement. Yep. And we can't be excited about the God who saved us through his son. That's right. And that's that's what Habakkuk is saying here. I know I got kind of deep, but no, I, I'm going somewhere. Don't here. leave the football guys and the oh, sports yeah, yeah. people hey, and, it's the, and the hunters because I, I see all of them getting real. <laughs> I see hunters, man. They get that one. That, yeah. As soon as that first cool morning hits, oh, man, you see man. the, the smile, comes man. Out. They start breaking. They get prepared. They get oh, very intentional. Hey, I'm already getting prepared. They, get very, they do all these things. <laughs> they do all this preparation, intentionality, but yeah. when it comes to Sunday morning, like, what day is it? Yeah. Oh, it's Saturday. It means we got to go to church tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I know. But, <laughs> hey, I'll get up at 3 a.m. and hit the deer woods. What? Come on now. Come and, on. And I do love opening deer season yeah. Sunday here in our church because yeah. a few of the faithful will show up in their camo. Yeah, they come in, then they look. It's all right. It's good. <laughs> I love it. Come in your camo. Um, but, yeah, hey, football season. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, one of the most exciting atmospheres I've ever been to at a college football game was being in Al at Alabama. Yeah. With ninety some thousand, and it's not because I'm an Alabama fan, but well, we I, don't I was care. invited to that game. But it was the most exciting yeah. football game I've ever been to in my life. Not because of the game, because of the crowd. Yep, there were ninety one thousand people there. Yep, and they were all in one accord. They one were place. in one accord yeah. in one place. It's crazy what happens when that that takes place. And this is how we should worship God with this celebrational spirit, right? Now watch this. Psalm 150 says, Hallelujah, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Talks about inside a building or out yep. in nature. Praise him with powerful acts. Praise him for his abundant greatness. Psalm 96, sing a new song to the Lord. Wait a minute. You mean sometimes when we're, we can learn a new song? New song? song? <laughs> what? The psalmist said, sing a new song to the Lord. I love this. It's so fun. <laughs> Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory. Again, it's not about the music. No. Nope. It's about the God we're singing about, right? Listen, one more here. Psalm 149, 3 and 4. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and lyre. 
which would be like a guitar. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. And here's a point I want to make to everyone. When our heart is right on celebrating the God of our salvation, I want you to hear this. It's not, it's here we're talking about using music as an expression. But did you see in the verse, did you listen into the verse and see that it really wasn't about the tambourine and it really wasn't about the lyre? Those are acceptable. Dancing, it wasn't about the dancing. Some people lose their mind, mm-hmm. somebody dance, but those are all expressions of someone who is celebrating their God. But here's the key I want you to capture God says He takes pleasure in His people, He adorns the humble with salvation. When we are expressive to God in our worship, when we are worshiping from our heart, God takes pleasure in that. Yeah. So amen. let me say this, and then I'm done enough talking. I'll let you talk. You went down the road of music. So <laughs> now did. that we have a biblical piece here, mm-hmm. and I can't get this off my mind, so I got to share it. You're free to do so. Just to make my point, mm-hmm. that music is music itself is not holy, or unholy, or sure. unholy, right? Um. You could play a Southern gospel song without ever singing a lyric. Just play the tune, play the music. It all sounds a lot alike. Mm-hmm. And you could pick out just from listening to music, oh, that's connected in your memory to a Southern gospel song. You could do that with a hymn. Mm-hmm. You can do that with a rock and roll tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, and never and never sing one lyric. You can do that with bluegrass. I came from Kentucky. You can do that with bluegrass. I can say, oh, that's a bluegrass song, right? If I listen to it long enough, I can tell you what song it is, right? It's a sad state of affairs. It is. Very bad. Anyway, here we go. What is that? I never mention a lyric. Right. I can use that music and put a ungodly lyric to it, or I can put a lyric about my God. That's right. The music itself isn't holy. No. Music is a preference. Music, watch this, watch this. The tempo and the tune are only vehicles right that carry the gospel message if the lyrics are gospel centered when you throw lyrics in there that either praise god or communicate about god which is in the new testament says we should sing psalms and hymns to the lord a psalm is vertical praise to the lord a hymn is a sermon put to music telling about the lord that's right the vehicle is the style Agreed. The lyrics that either praises God or teaches about God is what is holy in the song, not the vehicle. It's the message. It's the message. So, like here, we use a certain vehicle that grabs the attention of people in our community, not for the music, but so we can get them to hear the lyric and we can teach them about God. And we'd like to vilify the vehicle or the medium through which things are. Because right. we hear all the time, I've heard, and this is a little off subject, but it's similar. Uh, I've heard many of pastors speak from a platform and vilify media, right? Just the mm-hmm. word media. Yeah. And that's a that's a really strong thing yeah, to do. Because just music. what it happens be is technology. that tells, tells some people, oh, then anything that comes from that forum factor is probably evil. It can't be good. It can't yeah. be used for good. Because YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, it's all evil. But, 
but the gospel, but the gospel and the message of God going back all the way back to the very, very, very beginning, it's always used whatever medium, whatever vehicle was, was necessary or popular at the time. It's always mm-hmm. used the most popular or the most common or the best form factor to communicate. Right. And so back when, when Christ was alive, it was heralding, it was going to a really busy, busy area and standing in a spot and, and, and saying something at the very moment when Jesus is sitting here and standing in a spot and he is, and he is speaking on hope, love, grace, the kingdom of heaven, a hundred yards from him would be another herald talking about the politics going on, about the evil Roman empire, about the, about the leaders of the Jewish community and how terrible they all are. And there'd be somebody over there talking about Something completely different. You know what we call that today? <laughs> what do we call it? News stations. We call it the news, exactly. That's and it's exactly, exactly it the same. It was just different. The vehicle's always going to change. As culture changes, it's going to change. There is no particular methodology, whether it's in the message carrier or whether it's in the song or whether it's in the guitar or whether whatever it is. It's not the, the object that is evil. It is the messenger. Mm-hmm. If it is an evil messenger, the message is evil. And then, yeah. yes, then it then a song can be terribly unholy. Yeah. We 100% so, agree. So this. this really, so the issue that we're explaining here through scripture is not to judge worship. Number one, don't judge worship by music at all. No, it's not. Because it's bigger than worship. It's got to be a state of the heart. Are we holding God in honor and reverence? And then when it is a piece of worship, don't judge worship based on if you preferentially like that tune or melody or not, because that's just the vehicle. Look at the lyrics. Look at the words. Are we singing about God? Are we talking about God? And is it coming from our hearts as a celebration, right? Agreed. So so next, um, so if we're going to... If, if, if worship is more than, mm-hmm. than the music or the, or the, the room in which we, we how we, the atmosphere we're mm-hmm. play, p- putting in in a church morning, Sunday mm-hmm. morning service, w- or worship experience, what is true worship? Well, go back there to Joshua, and now we know the heart behind worship has to be our fear, our admonition mm-hmm. of the Lord. Look, look again at verse 14. He says, fear the Lord and worship him. Yep. And that second word there, worship, in the Hebrew, the word that Joshua used means to serve mm-hmm. or to work for. Uh, I believe sometimes we think worship's just music, which it's not. And that's all of our worship. Hey, we, we did 15 minutes of worship this, this morning. Mm-hmm. Worship is much more than just the musical piece or the praise piece. One very powerful form of worship is our service back to the Lord. How do we serve the Lord? This this is Romans 12. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. What is Paul referring to there? Give your body over to the Lord. He's talking about our whole being yep. serving God. Now God's not segregated to 60 minutes on Sunday morning either. This is a lifestyle. That might be the key. The life we live, the things we do, how we entertain ourselves, the way we serve our community, everything giving over to the Lord. This is why Colossians 3.23, I believe, says, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. There we go back right. to the motive, but we're using our body. Yeah, it references also a little bit to the idea that 
the God is spirit, and those who worship him worship him in spirit and in truth. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I know that dude gets gets mm. twisted a thousand ways and yes. twice again on Sundays. And, uh, <laughs> and so I've seen it hijacked by all sorts of folks. And to me, the simplest, and when you look at that in its simplest form, the first spirit is he is a spirit, like a, he is a supernatural sure, being. Absolutely. And then the second spirit is, isn't referencing that as much. Um, it's representing something a little bit different. And it's, it's the word is used there is that life, that, that breath that God breathed into the body of Adam that gave him what? Life. Yes. And so, and then what does it say? How do, so it's within your life. It's your life that it's a form of worship. Mm-hmm. And how is that life to be lived? According to the what? The truth. Because mm-hmm. that is God's how you worship him. You worship him with your every fiber of your being, yep. every motion you make, every word that comes out of your mouth, every action you take, every moment of service, every mm-hmm. every moment of Sunday morning, everything in everything you are, you will worship God. And then that worship should be bracketed by the truth or the word of God. So the truth is what kind of directs our form of worship mm-hmm. and how we live our life, correct? Right, oh, absolutely. All right. No, that's absolutely right. Uh, I, when we're talking about this, I can't but think, uh, and I'm not being stereotypical here, we know that expressive worship is, for most folks, it's harder for dudes to do. That's right. Right, because dudes are like, we're just like, we don't get real expressive in our worship. Now, I, I like expressive worship, and I'm an anomaly. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty yeah. as well. But, I dance around. <laughs> Sorry. I play guitar but, when I walk around. I don't know why. <laughs> he does. He plays air guitar on yeah, the front row. It's awesome. That makes sense. But um, – not every guy is expressive, mostly, and some ladies aren't. That's right. And I think it should be eye-opening for us to realize that worship is not just singing. It is the state of the heart, and it could be every, anything we do. If we do it from the right heart and we're doing it for the Lord, in our lifestyle becomes an act of worship. Right. Guys, you can worship. Ladies, you can worship. And if you're not into music, cool. Serve the Lord. It's not an either-or. It should be a both-and. That's right. Right. And then you mentioned in spirit and in truth. Listen to Deuteronomy 10. I love this. Mm. Deuteronomy 10 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? Now, people always ask, what does God want from me? God laid it out right here. Except for you to fear the Lord your God. There's that word again. And it means reverence. Yep. To walk in his ways. That's obedience. Mm -hmm. To love him. There's affection. And to worship the Lord your God with all your heart and all of your soul. Hmm. Mm. Sounds a whole lot like the words of Jesus to a woman in Samaria in John 4. It says, what is the Father looking for? He is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Those are the ones the Father is seeking to worship him. Now, you mentioned this gets twisted all kinds of ways. It's important for our listeners to understand when Jesus made this comment, the Holy Spirit had not been given. That's right. This doesn't mean we worship him with expressive spirit anointed worship that that should come from our heart as a celebration, but that's not what, what Jesus was referring to. That's not what Moses is referring to here. Think about this, whether you're expressive or you're not expressive, if you're giving your whole life to the Lord, What is the key to true honoring God? Where's the source got to come from? It's got to come from sincerity of heart. That's right. Um, When Jesus was speaking of this, he's speaking to a Samaritan who's an outcast, whose people worshiped 
on a separate yep. mountain. That's right. And she's looking at, okay, do we follow this pattern, this religious pattern, or do we follow the religious pattern of the Jews? And, and Jesus is saying true worship isn't a religious pattern at all. That's right. You can do religious patterns all day long. You can go through a worship service all day long. You can you know, do the religious thing and never be worshiped. Right. Here Jesus is bringing it all the way down to where it truly you know, rubber hits the road, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's about sincerity of your heart. That's the spirit he's talking about. It's got to be the spirit of your heart, and then it needs to be in alignment with biblical truth, right. which is the reason why we are discussing this today. Trying to keep people on the straight and narrow is kind of hard, so difficult. Worship is so much broader than what we want it to be, and it's so powerful. It's for everyone because whether you're expressive or not expressive, that's not the issue about worship. I'm glad you said that because I've been wanting to say that. I hope nobody's hearing. We're not condemning you if you you are not a – if you're not hanging from the rafters and, no. and and running around the room, we're not we're not even trying to tell you that is what is good worship. But if, if it's like, but what we are trying to tell you is is that in everything, and then when you do come in on a Sunday morning, whether it's with hymns or whatever, man, just pour your heart into those things. It's all about whatever it is. It's all about your heart, man. I, I can get behind anybody who is uh, who has is, has that passion in them. Mm-hmm. I, I can go to any form of worship service. I don't care what you're talking about. Any worship experience on earth, whatever whatever type of music, if those people are doing it, just going through the motions of doing it because that's what they do, mm-hmm. no, I don't enjoy it at all. That's when my preferences come in. I go, I just mm-hmm. don't like it, mm-hmm. all right? But if I go into any type, I've been in a bluegrass gospel service before. I've been in Southern. Sure, and, and, me too. And, one, and guess what? And the ones I went into, though it's not my style of music, I could care less about that music. Matter of fact, I don't like that type of music. But man, you could just feel the passion, the passion, and the was earnestness, the and the was, truth, was and everything. I was like, man, it move you. It will Absolutely. move you. It's all about that passion and that and that desire to to get closer to God. And if, and if I'm in a room full of people doing that, dude, I, I will we'll honky tonk all day. I was I was on a speaking teaching tour in the Philippines several years back, and. Uh, I was at one of the places we were at. We were in a a Bible college in Davao City with about 90 teenage seminary students, male and female. They're singing to the Lord in Cebuano. Well, I know very, very little Cebuano, right? Got me beat. It was the most powerful worship environment I've ever been to in my life. And I didn't know half of what they were saying. But I could see their expression. Mm. I heard their passion. These Many of these young people came from villages in the mountains with no resources. Most of them didn't even own a Bible, didn't have a Bible till they got to Bible college. The, they come from home ch- house churches of 12 people in their village. And they're in a Bible college because they want to learn about God and they want to serve the Lord. They're not doing it for a vocation. They're not looking for money. Most of them are going to go back into the jungle house churches and not make any money, but they're going to lead people to Christ. And I watched them worship. It was the most powerful moment of the whole trip for me is their worship events. And I, I and again, I didn't know what they were saying. Mm. But their passion, they were loving on Jesus. That's right. And I was caught in awe. It's all about the heart. 
It's all about the heart. And then you can serve the Lord with all of your heart. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're worshiping when you're parking cars. You're worshiping when you're working in the lobby. You're worshiping when you're working in the nursery. You're, you're worshiping when you have the right heart and attitude and you're sharing the good things of God in a grocery store. That's right. You're worshiping on the job on when job. you're holding your integrity and holding your faith and you're living above reproach. All of that is worship. That is all worship. And we hope that from this point forward, you can live a life of worship and you can also live a life on point. We will see you all next time. Bye.